Good morning, everybody. Special day today. Bezrat Hashem will be beginning the eighth parak in Maseches Psachim Adaf Pei Zayin Amud Aleph at the very top. The Mishnah discusses the group. We are the crew for the Karm Pesach. So yesterday we dis- we discussed how our Chabura is going to handle itself if we have our own table at the Bonaventure. Today we're going to discuss more the registration. Perhaps the whole purpose of the COVID nineteen. Epi- uh, pandemic is so we can get used to minion sign up for when we have the Corbin and Pesach sign up in order to right to to get this Corbin Pesach done you have to be registered for it it's one of those uh, what people outside of Baltimore consider to be an uptight outdoor minion well or what we call an outdoor minion right you have to have registration it says in the Pesach Ish lufi achlo Okay, he has to be counted. Okay, so that has to be take place before the Shechita of the Korban Pesach. You need to be registered. Fine. Now, when you do so, you technically need to do a, so to speak, like a Kenyan. Okay, however, you, have, you can have, through the principle that we have of Zachin L'Adam Shalobifanov, right, you can have people who are Kone for, for example, a father is going to be Kone for his family, right? Not each individual member of the family has to be Kone for themselves, right? Register themselves. One, one household, right, leader can sort of like register for their, for, for their family. Okay. Now, let's say um, you have such circumstances as follows. And this is how our mission is going to begin. And that's how we're going to kick off. Let's say, today will be a lot of agarata, but it starts with this actual halacha, which is, let's say you have a a girl and she is betrothed to be married, okay? Or let's say she's recently married, okay? Now, as we know, in the times of the Mishnayos, um, the the process took a little bit longer, right? There was Kiddushin and then there was Nisuin. She was set aside. She was spending 12 months in this limbo where she knows she's going to be living with her husband. Meantime, she's living in her parents' house, so her husband just was Mikadesh her. So he signs her up for his Korban Pesach. He's excited to bring his new collar to his Korban Pesach. But the parents, they're used to having their Medela signed up for their Korban Pesach. So since you have a scenario of Zachim Adam Shalabifanov, where people sign somebody else up for their Korban Pesach and register them, so it is a scenario, you could find yourself in a scenario where more than one person registered you. Now you're registered for like two or three Korban Pesachs. So what do you do? So the basic outline of the halacha is, the basic thrust of the halacha is that it's okay. In other words, it's not like you're not allowed to join any Korban Pesach or these conflicting sign-ups, you know, mess you up and now you've lost Pesach this year and you can't go to the Seder. No. It's just what we do is we make an assumption of what the individual who was signed up for would have wanted. Okay, let's see that inside the Mishnah. So we start with this. Ha'isha bismanshi bebeis bala, right? So this is, she's already, right, had nisuin. Okay, so she's already um, living with her husband. So you would think that she, she would go with her husband. So shachat bala, her husband, there's an interesting lashon that he, 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 or it makes it sound like he already shechted it. The Gemara will address this. It's going to turn out that he didn't shecht it yet. It was the pre-shechting registration, but the wording is a little bit misleading. But if her, if her husband shechted the Korban Pesach for her, 
So that's the scenario that we just described, right? She was signed up. I'm going to explain it the way eventually the Gemara explains it. She was signed up, right, both by her husband and by her father. Now, why would her father sign her up? She's already out of the house. So what's going on here? So says the Gemara, she's going to eat from her husband. Well, that makes sense, right? Because after all, she's, right, Rashi, the first Rashi in the parak. The Mistama Daita Limnos Al Shobala. They already had the wedding. What do you mean? She's living with her husband. Calls Manshlo Pirsha, she had Daita Bishelavia. In other words, unless she specifically says, We're going to my parents for Yantiv, it's assuming that she's gonna be with her husband. She did, after all, get married. She's an independent woman, Andrew. Well, not independent, but independent her and her husband are now independent. Okay. So, however, However, you see that there is a halacha here, believe it or not, that is uh, that was common, which was that the first yontiv, you go to the kala's parents. That's actually in the Mishnah, all right? So the first yontiv, you go to your kala's parents. So now... You get married, you're a young guy. I got married, my wife and I got married when we were 21, so we were super young. And that Pesach, we went to my in-laws, okay? So, you know, we weren't, we weren't so independent that we assumed, right? We know many young couples don't make Pesach the first year. That's very unusual. This year, because of COVID, my son made Pesach. My married sons, no, my married, one of my married sons made Pesach. So, right, because nobody was allowed to, to, to join each other for the Pesach Seder. And it was a huge to-do. Had the base of Mikdash been for this past uh, Pesach, then they would have assumed that they would be on our registration. However, as it turns out, due to COVID, they had to have their own registration. So Hadar, my daughter-in-law, would have been registered, let's say, both with Moshe, my son, and with me. So this is the, this is the deal. This is that new couple that isn't really making Pesach. It's that first yontiv, right? And let's say I am the father-in-law. So let's say I sign them up. And my son signs her up also. So that's what it means. It says, So at that point, it's not like because we both signed her up, she, can no, she can't partake of the Seder, the carbon Pesach. She can actually decide where she wants to. And so it's interesting. She gets to reveal where she wants to go. The Gemara is going to ask, what is this? We're going to say what the Kavana was. So the Gemara just is going to answer. I'm already saying it outside just so we can understand the Mishnah, the Gemara is simply going to answer that the Kala gets to make up her mind before the Shechita. In other words, you just simply ask her, like, do you want to join your in-laws or do you want to, or do you want to join your parents or do you want to join, um, do you want to join your parents or do you want to join your husband's uh, sign-up? That's all. So are you, so we're going to your parents or we're having our own Seder? That's all. And she decides before the Shechita and that's what you do. But we see the idea of, regist- of registering before you do the Shechita. Fine. Now, uh, more complicated cases here. So sometimes when you had an orphan, you had people who were guardians for them. Sometimes they had multiple guardians. So obviously, if you have multiple guardians, they all assume that they're going to be the ones that are going to sign you up. So what if they all signed you up? So here there too, right? This is what Rashi explains. If you had multiple guardians, so then you just let them know ahead of time before the Shechita who you're having the Seder by. And that's what and that's what you do. Fine. Even more complicated yet, Evid Shoshne Shutafin says the Mishnah. Uh, we know that sometimes you have joint ownership of a slave. So now Lo Yochal Mishal Shnehem. This slave is really 
in trouble. This is the one case where you can really get into trouble. Rashi. He's really stuck without the Korban Pesach. Why? Because this, so in other words, right, because there, you don't have any one person that can say that they claim jurisdiction. In other words, so you could say, what do you mean? And in-laws could also fight over, so to speak, you know, where, they, who, where the kids go for Pesach. But that's a different thing, right? Because that everybody, that individual, right, has real, right, even though they're young, the married couple has full autonomy and they can decide where they want to go for Pesach, right, in, in their entirety. But an Eved, right, doesn't have that, doesn't have that autonomy. And therefore, literally, the Baal of, such, of the said Eved is going to be determining where they go for Pesach. So that's real avdus, right? That's that's different than what the young married couples are like. That's real avdus, where somebody's literally deciding when you're going for Pesach, and if it, and if it's a joint right ownership of an eved, then you can't have one person deciding on behalf of the other, right? And the, and as Rashi explains, ein lo takala takana, he really has no recourse. Unless both right bialim get together and decide that. That we're, that he's gonna go to Yankel, right, for, for the Seder, and they both sign him up, so to speak, with consent. Really, if you're an Everett to two owners, you're going to have trouble signing, being signed up for Korban Pesach and participating as such. Wow. It's anyways weird. What do you say? Avadim Hainu, and you're still an Everett, right? Uh, it's, it's, it's tough to be a Ben Chorin. Uh, it's tough to be an Everett at the Seder. Anyway. Everett Shoshne Shutafin Loyacham Shoshne. Right. So now, Misha Chetzer Everett Vachetzer Ben Chorin. This was the first Gemara I learned when I was, it's a long story, but when I was 16 and I first got to YU, Chetzi Eved Chetzi Ben Choran, it was in Gittin. I didn't know what was going on. I didn't know what an Eved or Ben Choran was. But anyways, Lo Yochal Mishel Rabo, he can't eat either from his master, because again, that's an interesting thing, right? Because, because the Rabo, as Rashi explains, right? Because the Rav's intention, meaning the Baal of the Eved, right, didn't necessarily want to sign up the cheres part, as Rashi explains, the cheres part of this chazi ever chazi ben Chorin is 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 sort of like the part that the Baal isn't isn't so interested in. The Baal is, has jurisdiction over the avdus part. That's the part he cares about. The cheres part is the part that he's not um, in in charge of, and therefore the, he too has an issue where he sh- he cannot eat etzel rabo. Okay, so interesting aspects of this mishnah. Let's see what the gemara has to say. So the first thing the gemara says is shmas mina yesh brera. This is what we were saying before. The Lashon of the Mishnah is unusual. It says, So she gets to decide. So that part of the Mishnah makes it sound like even after the Shechita, she could decide um, who she wants to join. And that certainly feels like the Mishnah is taking sides on this very fundamental Shas Sugya of whether you can determine such a thing retroactively, which means Yesh Bera. Look at my answer no. My roitza, that's not really the case. What it really means is b'shash shechita. It, it's just the language. When it says shachat aleah, it just means b'shash shechita. It just means really before. Uh, the decision of the kala is made beforehand. All right, well, that takes it out of the braver thing, and we move on. Okay. However, now we're going to have a b'risa that sounds totally not like our Mishnah with regards to this new kala. Verimino, isha regal arisha noichas mishelavia. That a woman on the first yantiv that, that she's married, she eats by her parents. And then, 
uh, we had said in the Mishnah that in that first yontif, she also could decide whether she wants to eat, right, with her parents or with her husband. And here it makes it sound like, no, that first yontif, you for sure eat with the Kala's parents. And then afterwards, she could decide whether she wants to eat with her husband. So the Gemara explains, So that's interesting. The Gemara is saying that, again, this assumption of um, whether you're going to go for the first yontif to the Kala's parents, it's kind of cultural. Right? Because after all, it's all an assumption of mindset anyways, right? So this isn't really like dogmatic halacha that, that, that's inherent to Korban Pesach, right? This is more the mindset of the Kala. So it says, the Brisa, which says that the first week, I'm sorry, the Brisa that says that the first Yantiv, the first Pesach, you always go to the Kala's parents. So that's, you know, in the culture or where it's understood that this Kala is for sure still going to her parents. She's very tied to her parents. That's what Redufa Lelech, right? She's very tied to her parents. When you have a slightly more independent kind of Kala and she's ready to like move on, so then there, that's our Mishnah. Our Mishnah says, let her choose whether she wants to go to her parents or whether she wants to already make Pesach. Okay. Fascinating, uh, fascinating stuff. Okay. Now, what is going on? The Gemara then says, Dichsiv. What's going to happen now is we're going to launch a ton of Agadata because we know that Akash Baruch Hu and Klal Yisrael have this marriage between them. And as expressed in Shira Shirim, which we're about to quote. And so since we mentioned the Kala, we're going to now talk about Klal Yisrael as the Kala. And it's going to launch a, a whole thing between Klal Yisrael and Akadosh Baruch Hu in our relationship and Golas and Geula. It's going to be awesome. So let's see. So the Pasuk says in Shir Hashirim, right, which we recite after the Pesach Seder, uh, incidentally, right, I became in his eyes like one who's found to be Shlema, right, so found to be perfect. This is Machlokas here exactly how to understand Rabbi Yochanan, because dichsiv, right, it sounds like we're bringing some sort of pasuk to corroborate this idea that a kala sometimes does come to her parents, sometimes she doesn't come to her parents. The pasuk shot here is that, like Rashi says, right, that that you have a kala that goes to her in-laws, and then she comes back and she tells her parents, she's eager to tell her parents how well she gets along with her in-laws. Okay, um, uh, to go to report her praises in her father's house, right? Um, which is, oh uh, no, I become in his eyes like a bride who's fed to, okay, or, or conversely, the, it's the chassan telling his parents or the chassan telling his in laws, right? There's different ways to understand it, but the bottom line is, uh, what they're trying to bring out from the Pasuk is that there's a dynamic where the kala, it's awkward, the very first yantiv right, at the in-laws. And the nicest thing you could say about Akala is that she's well integrated <laughs> into the family. Or about a chassan, right? The, the most you want for your married kids is for them to be natural with each other and for them to fit naturally and integrate with the family and everybody goes well. So that's just the pasuk. Also, Yisi of Kamotzas Shalom, Rabbi Yochanan is trying to say that I, that my, my chassan Loved me, right? The Kaisal saying, my chassan loved me because I was, I, I was able to integrate with the values of a Kaisal Baruch Hu, so to speak. In other words, Kaisal Baruch Hu has certain expectations of us, 
This is what it, the allegory is in Shir Shir. Makarish Baruch has expectations of us, and we uh, conduct ourselves in such a way that Makarish Baruch is proud of us. Um, or, th- or that a Kaddish Baruch Hu can feel like there's a future with us, etc. So similarly, this is the dynamic that goes on on that first yontiv, whether you're spending it at the in-laws or you're spending it, right, with, with yourself so that you can report back that yontiv was great and everybody got along. That's basically how Rashi explains it. Now, since we already mentioned this, right, we're going to mention three other examples of how we're using this allegory of Kal Yisrael being Hakadosh Baruch Hu's Kala as follows: Kidichsiv, like it says in Hosea, Vayav Yomahu Nirm Hashem Tikri Ishi Velo Tikri Li Od Baali. Interesting. That on a day, this is a good day, right? This is kind of like a, a good a good prophecy, right? You'll no longer just be, you know, my so to speak, my the first stage of just like we're married, but you'll really be like my husband, okay? So I'm Rabbi Yochanan, Rabbi Yochanan expanded on that Pasuk as well. This means that we're going to be like initially, not like a bride, not just not just like a kala, who again, as we said before, the stages of betrothal were, as initially the kala was in her father's house. And then... Once she really became like a unit with her chasun after Nisuin, she was the chala beveis chameha, right? So she went to her in-laws, right? To, to the, to the, to the chasun's parents. So she graduated in a sense, right? Now she's really part of the family and their, their, their own independent family unit. Okay. So that is the first idea. Then it says, achos lanu ainla. So amar biyochanan, right? So we say like this. We have a little sister, right? She's underdeveloped now. So Amar Yochanan, right? Zu Elam. That is a reference, right? This is going to be a must-read Rashi Dafyomi coincidence that's referring to Zu Elam Shazachta Lilmod Vizachta In other words, once we're talking about these psukim referring to stages, right, of development, and uh, and looking at Klal Yisrael as like. Uh, the Kala, right? So there was a stage, there was a group, like a community within Kal Yisrael that was viewed like a premature, an immature Kala. How so? Because that's what Rabbi Yochanan is explaining. That they, they learned some Torah, but they weren't able to teach Torah. So they were underdeveloped. That is what is alluded to in the Pasuk. Let's look at this unbelievable Rashi. Zu Elam, Shayaba Daniel. This is where Daniel lived. Shanamar. Vani Daniel Haisi Beshushan Habira. Can you believe this? What is happening? The Fiomi coincidence. He was in Shushan Habira. Again, we see it. Asher Elam. That's where, that's where Shushan Habira was. It was in the province of Elam. So Daniel was a huge Tamachacham. But there weren't the yeshivas and the, uh, right? There wasn't the infrastructure to teach. Okay. That is in contrast to Bavel, as Rashi explains, of Bavel, Gidla, Ezra HaSoifer, right? In Bavel, you already had a robust Torah community, and as we were going to explain. So Bavel ended up being, and we're going to end up with today's Gemara, explaining how Bavel was, and why, reasons why Bavel was uh, chosen by Kaddish Baruch as the appropriate place for Golas. Uh, Be that as it may, Shushan was not. As it says, and then furthermore, so that was another Pasuk, right? So that was Yochanan explaining how they were, prema- with Daniel, how they were premature in Shushan Habira because they didn't teach as much as, as they learned, okay? 
Furthermore, Ani right? So this is a famous one where I am like the wall, my breasts are like the towers. I'm right? So you have the Torah and you have the Tamid Chachamim. Beautiful. So now, and then another interpretation of that last one is Rava Amar Ani Chomazu Knesses Yisrael Vishadai Kamigdalos Elu Bate Knesses Yisrael Vate Midrashos Right that you have Kali Yisrael and then you have right these sort of like um, representatives like like a Migdal of Kali Yisrael where you have the Talmud Chachamim Bate Knesses Bate Midrashos that is right the fuller expression of these Torah values beautiful okay more. Um, more bride kind of psukim and how we interpreted them. So Amar of Zitra Bertuvia Marav Maidiksev, this is a Pasuk in Tehillim now. Asher Banenu Kinitim Megudalim Binurehem, Bnosenu Kizavios Mechutavos Tavnis Hechal. It means that our sons, right, they're like Nitiim, they're like little saplings. That from their youth, we're going to nurture them, and our daughters are like corners that are crafted. In the form of the heichal. Well, what are corners? Why are they called corners? So let's see. First of all, Asher Banenu Kintiim Elo Bachorei Yisrael Shalotaimu Taim Chet. The the sons are referred to as saplings because they are innocent and they do not have the taste of sin. However, Bedoseinu Kizavios Elo Besulos Yisrael. The the uh, right comparing the daughters to corners is a little more is a little, little weirder. And what does it even mean? So there's a couple of ways to explain it. One way of saying it is, it's the young daughter of uh, uh, the young Jewish daughters. There's an aspect of uh, where you call them a corner. It alludes to a certain type of um, a certain type of like self restraint, whether it's before marriage or as nidos once they are married. They show a certain type of self restraint, um, and the corner is an allusion to that self-restraint, okay? That they keep a corner sort of like, closed like a corner and not open like, like, the, uh, like the face of a wall, okay? That is one aspect. But it also, corner means a certain amount of, of fullness, as we'll see. So it says, V'chein omer, and, and similarly it says elsewhere, Umalu kamizrak kezavios mizbeach, okay? So this is already from Zechariah, where it says that you're going to fill up like the bowl, right, Kimizrak, and like the corners of the Mizbech. So why, why is the fullness of a bowl, how is that compared to the corners of the Mizbech? So Ibai saying Mahacha, maybe you could say it's from this, Mizaviyos Mlaim Efiki Mizan Alzan. So there's two psukim, right, that allude to, the second one is from Tehillim, two psukim that allude to corners having something to do with with fullness, right? Maluk and Mizrak Kazavios and Mizavios Malayim. So what does fullness and corn have to do with each other? So, so that is an idea, right? That, that again, with the original Pasuk says, Mechutavos, as we continue in the, in the Gemara, Mechutavos Tamnes Seichal, crafted in the form of a temple, just to, just to explain the rest of the Pasuk, Elu Ve'elu. This teaches us that both the men and the daughters, Mailalan Hakasov, Ki'ilu Nivna Hechal Be'imehen. They're regarded by the Pasuk, right, as though the base of was built in their days due to their, due to their, uh, chest, um, due to the fact that they, that they had the Tznius and they had the Tmimus, right? They had the innocence. Now again, what's this, what's this fullness? Um, so, so, so again, corners is 
is uh, compared somehow to fullness in the sense that they're going, they're completely full and not patent, right? They're not, they're completely full and they're not going to be penetrated in a sense. So that's kind of where another illusion where they get the idea that corners means that the women of uh, Klal Yisrael were Tzanua. That's basically um, the idea of that exposition. But certainly it's, uh, it's intended to be, right, an allusion in Tehillim to the Tznius of Benos Yisrael, okay, and calling them corners. Now, okay. Uh, now, Dvar Hashem, another Pasuk, okay, where Klal Yisrael are like the Kala. How so? So for this, I went back to listen to Rabbi David Katz, the historian here in Baltimore, who talks about history. Every week he has a podcast on a historical figure, on the Parsha from a historical perspective, on the Haftarah from a historical perspective. So it happens to be the Haftarah for Parsha Vayetze was Hosea. Now, as the Gemara will explain, Hosea was a Navi, and he survived four kings. The Gemara is going to say, being a king is a, is a, right, is a difficult business. It's a very stressful business. So much so, you can, you can outlive four kings, so to speak, reigns as a Navi. What happened with Hosea in this time period as follows? So first, the Gemara is going to say what I just said. So like David Katz himself does, the Gemara, it gives you historical uh, perspective here, that there were four prof, uh, prophets, right? Four Nevi'im in that era. And the God of on the most prominent one was Hosea. How do we know? He was Hashem's go-to, right? That's who he spoke to first. Wait a minute, ask the Mar. What do you mean? This makes it sound like Hosea was the very first Navi ever. That's not true. What do you mean? The first Navi was Moshe Rabbeinu. And then there were many Nevi'im up until Hosea. So what does this mean that the first Navi was Hosea? So it has to mean, right, that no, that he was just simply the most prominent and therefore Hashem's go-to during that time period. Who were those four Nevi'im aforementioned? The Eluhain, Hosea, Yeshaya, Amos, Umicha. So Hosea was more prominent than some big, big guns. Yeshaya, Amos, and Micha were also prominent Nevi'im, but Hosea was the greatest of them all. He was Hashem's first uh, first stop, first go-to. Okay. So now, what was in fact the prophecy that Hosea got? This was a crazy uh, experience that happened. Some say that the whole thing is sort of an allegory. Some say that it really, really happened. If David Katz teaches this story as if it really happened. What happened? As follows. Amr la Kodesh Baruch Hu this was the prophecy that Hashem said to him. He said, This was a problem. The kingdom of the north all sinned. They were, they were big time sinners. Now, which means that Hashem had expectations of what Hosea's response was going to be, right? In other words, this is what Moshe Rabbeinu did. Remember, right? Every time. Right, Akash Baruch Hu criticized Klal Yisrael. Moshe said, "Give them a break." Right, he was like the real shepherd. Right, but Hosea had had just about enough of these sinning ways of Klal Yisrael, and so instead of saying, "Right," so it's first the Gemara says he should have said, "But you're they're your children." But they Avram Yitzchak Yaakov says the Gemara. Right, 
This sounds like a Moshe Rabbeinu response, right? Okay. It says the Gemara, Not only did he not rise in defense of Klai Yisrael, but this was Hashem's actual response. It's your decision. Aren't you sick of these people? Get somebody better. You know, like, get the guy. They don't talk in shul. They don't throw nosh into the pool in Miami. I don't know. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, get a well, better behaved nation. You know what I mean? The people like better. And you'll have an easier time. That's what Hosea said to Akash Baruch Hu. Like, Akash Baruch Hu says to him, you know, the Jews, they're aggravating me. And, and Hosea says, yeah, tell me about it. You know what I mean? I'm becoming an anti-Semite myself, so to speak. That's what Hosea's response was. Okay. So, Amar Kadosh Baruch Hu, Kadosh Baruch Hu did not, he, now he had to teach Hoshea a lesson. And this is an amazing lesson. He said, First he said to himself, Kadosh Baruch Hu says to himself, what am I going to do with this old man? I saw in the art school, beautiful idea from the Ben Yehoyada that by saying, what am I going to do to this old man? He was almost like being, right, uh, more, he, he was almost um, a, explaining uh, to himself um, justifying why Hosea would have such a negative response, because you know what? Listen, he's he's not at this point. He's an old he's an older man. And he doesn't have patience anymore. You know, whereas he used to be a more patient, vibrant navi. Now he's just had it. He's a little bit washed up. Okay, and that is in effect right justification for his reaction. So he was almost like trying to see uh, to 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 um, to explain away Hosea because you know he was giving him the the benefit of the doubt. But be that as it may, he had to teach him a lesson. He couldn't have been that old because listen to the suggestion of what he told him to do. Omer lo. So this is a Kadosh Baruch Hu telling himself, this is what I'm going to do. Kaviachol. This is going to be my plan. I'm going to tell Hoshea, lech v'kachi nunim. This is the plan. Tell Hoshea the Navi. This is why some people say it's an allegory. But again, Rabbi, uh, Rabbi David Katz says this, this really happened. Right? He says, take an Isha Zona. Have, right, these illegitimate children with her. And then Akash Baruch Hu tells himself, then I'm going to tell him, then I'm going to tell him to kick, uh, to kick the wife and children out of the house. We'll see how he likes it. In other words, once you grow an, uh, an emotional attachment, you have an investment, even if it's a zona, right, um, then it's very hard to let go. Right? So he says, So this is an unbelievable thing. It's that part, you know, philosophically is fascinating to, to contemplate. Akash Bochu telling him himself, even though Akash Bochu knows the future, it's really, that part of it is already rhetorical, right? He's, it's as if Akash Bochu is saying, this is us, right, retrofitting what Akash Bochu Kaviyachal was saying to himself based on what the Navi says happened. But be that as it may, Akash Bochu says, the Gemara says, he, he, he says to himself, I'm going to suggest to Hoshea to marry Zona and try to kick him out, and I'll see. If he manages to kick out this Zona, which I know he won't, then I will, uh, then I'll flip out, uh, I'll upgrade, and I'll flip out Klal Yisrael for a better nation. Okay. So that's what he said. So how do we know this? Because that's what it said in the actual Psukim. Let's see. Ho- says the Navi in Hoshea, Shenema, the Yarmah Hashem al-Hoshea, lech kach lecha nunim nunim. This is literally written in the Navi. He tells Hoshea to take this right harlot for uh, for a wife. Uchsev vayelch vayikach es gomer bas divalim. Wow! So Hoshea had to listen, right? This is Hashem giving you an actual directive. This is the very beginning of Navi Hoshea, by the way. Sure enough, he goes 
and he takes this woman, Gomer Bar Dvalim. Now, the Gemara is going to explain, this was, her name, right, was indicative of just how, uh, how debased the situation was, who this woman was, as it explains. Amar Rav, Rav explains, Gomer Shakal Gomerimba. Oh dear, so everyone's finished with her. And Bas, as we turn to Pezayin and Bez, Bas Dvalim, Right? What was the name? Goymer Bas Devalim? Diba Ra Bas Diba Ra. Right? She, she came from a long line of Zonos. Right? She was not just, it was not just her idea. She was a woman of ill repute that came from a family of women of ill repute. Unbelievable. The Shmuel Amar. Why is it called Devalim? Rav Shmuel, they even had a machlokus about this. Shemesuka Bafia called Kadvela. She was sweet to everyone like a, like a, like a fig. Everyone would trot upon her like a pressed fig. So, needless to say, this was not a yeshivish name. This is not Sarishner over here. So, Dover Acher, Amar of Yehuda, Shibikshu Lagame Ramonim Shalisra Biyameh. The more of a historical aspect to her name, which is that they sought to finish off all of the, right, all of the finances, all the wealth of Klaisal in her days. We had already seen these Gemaras, right, where the northern kingdom were so gluttonous and there was uh, tons of prophecies that this wealth was going to be depleted completely because after all, anybody who focuses on right, the wealth of Elamazah is going to find that that wealth um, dissipates. In fact, that was in fact the, the trend overall in Navi. Right? If you had a good king, then they were prosperous. You know, if, he, if he followed the word of Hashem, and if he didn't, then they weren't militarily prosperous and they weren't financially prosperous. You know, you look through Navi and it's a musr because it's obvious. But sometimes when you're living in it, I guess the, it's, it's harder to, um, to resist, right, the Gashmias. Anyway, so on this last point, Rabbi Yochanan says, with regards to, you know, weight being wasteful, they did in the end, right, plunder and finish off all of the Wealth of Klai in the days of this Gomer Bas Develim. Right? So you see, the Pasuk, in fact, says that they were trampled and they were like dust and all of that wealth went away. Okay, so now, let's keep going back to what happened with Hoshea's marriage to Gomer Bas Develim as follows. Sure enough, they get married. And she, she has a son. Hashem is the one deciding what the names of the children are going to be here. It says, call this one Yisrael. Why? Because in a short time, right, I'm going to avenge all that blood on base Yehu. Right? Rashi, Rashi is going to explain um, what is going on here. Right? It's, it's um, basically... That that's what it means. Israel says Rashi, right? That it has the word zera, which usually seems good because it's seed, but here it's not. I'm going to take Klal Israel and I'm going to spread them out all over the Gullus, like a, like a farmer spreading out his seeds. Okay, and that I'm going to terminate the Malchus Beis Israel. That's the Gullus. Okay, so that was that. So Israel sounds like like a prominent name, but no, it meant Gullus. That's not a, that's not good. Vatarad Vitelaben, he has another son with this woman. But Yomelo, Krashma, Lo, I'm sorry. Vatarad Vitelabat. Sorry, then, then, so first he had a son, then he had a daughter. Okay, Vayomelo, Krashma, Lo Ruchama. That, her name is not Ruchama. Her name is Lo Ruchama. Uh, this is not a fortuitous name, right? 
I'm not going to have Rachamim. Why? Says the because he says Kilo Sif Od Arachemis Beis Yisrael. I'm not going to have Rachamim anymore. I'm going to right exile you. Kinaso Esalahem. In other words, I'm not going to forgive them. I'm not going to have Racham in him. Okay, so first a son with a bad name, daughter with a bad name, now finally another son. Tar Vatelid Ben. Now she had another son, Vayomer Shemelov, Krashma Lo Ami. Oh my gosh. Not Ami. I mean, yes, not Ami. His name is not Ami. Kiatem Lo Ami, Vanochilo Yelachem. Wow, this is like a real divorce, Khalila, um, between Klal Yisrael and the Kaddish Baruch Hu. Okay. So what happened after this? So the Achash and Rev. David Katz says, you know, this is like Hoshea was the Navi. This was supposed to be, a, meant to be a Musr to Klal Yisrael. In other words, it's one thing if some, if some knucklehead that's, that, that has no shaykhis, he marries, you know, Kim Kardashian, I don't know, you know what I'm saying, like if he marries somebody who, uh, of ill repute. So that's one thing. But this is like, to quote Rev. David Katz, like if Moshe Feinstein, Right, would marry a woman of ill repute, so everybody would take notice, right? And they would ask him. This was according to David Katz, what was supposed to happen. They would ask him, "Vusidus, like, how could this happen?" And he would say, "Just like I'm taking this woman of ill repute, this is how you are treating Karsh Baruch Hu. This is this Karsh. In other words, you are acting. You Klal are acting like a woman of ill repute towards a Karsh Baruch Hu." And so when you see my union with this woman and you see how it's inappropriate, that is how inappropriately you, you are acting towards Hashem. So it should, be, it should be shocking to you, but you should take it as a musr. Incredible, incredible uh, imagery here. Anyway, so the Gemara continues, it says, So as we mentioned, he had two sons and a daughter. Okay. Hey, why don't you do a Moshe Rabbeinu? What did Moshe Rabbeinu do? As soon as he got Navua, Moshe Rabbeinu, he divorced Sipara, right? Or he separated from Sipara, whatever the, the Lashon Hara that uh, Miriam and Aaron were talking about over there. He left Sipara. So now you're a Navi, separate from your wife. So Of course, Moshe Rabbeinu also did. But anyways, I can't, I can't separate from my wife. I have like a family. They not a yochol lahotzi of lolagarsha. I'm not. I can't, I'm not. I'm not going to leave my family. So I'm like Kadosh Baruch Hu. See, don't you get it? Umash atoshe ishtacha zayna. First of all, your wife. What are you talking about? She's a zayna. Vonecha bnei znunim. You don't even know if they're your kids, right? Says the Gemara. Ve'iyan enatay yudayim shalchaim im shalcherem Like you, know, you call it a family, but what kind of family is it? You have a, a, a wife who's a zayna. You have children, and you don't even know if they're your children. So kachi stroyal shehen bonai. So in all Kal right? My children, Klal Yisrael, they're my actual children. B'nei B'chunai, the children of what? The tested ones, the Avas. B'nei Avram, Yitzchak, V'yakov. Echad me'arba, Kinyanim, Shekanisi, Bolami. And they're one of the four Kinyanim that are, that I made in the world. One of the four most precious things to me in the whole world. And so, you're suggesting that I should flip them out for another nation? Yeah, I mean, if you can't leave your Zona wife and illegitimate children, you want me to leave my chosen people? So this was a very uh, long way of making a very strong point, right? Okay. So the Gemara, by the way, digresses to say, what are these four precious kinyanim? So Torah kinyan echad. Number one is Taira. Hashem kanani reshis tarko. Pasuk says, Hashem kanani reshis, this is Mishlei. Okay, that's the beginning. Now, 
Shamayim v'aretz kinyanechon. Okay, also the heavens and the earth. First the Torah, then the heavens, then the whole, like, universe, okay. Dechsev karnei shamayim v'aretz. Right, as we say. Beis amik, yeah, Beis HaMikdash Kinyan Echad. The Beis HaMikdash also was referred to a Kinyan. Dechsev har zeh konsa yimino. Right, this mountain which is, which is right hand acquired, right? That's also in Tehillim. And Yisrael Kinyan Echad. And the fourth is the aforementioned Kal Yisrael. Dechsev amzu kanisa. Right, amzu kanisa. Very good. That is in, right, in the Chomish and Shmos. Sefer Shmos. Good. So those are the Kinyanim. And that's my Kenyan, and that's a very, that's a very precious Kenyan, and therefore that I want to hold on to it. Okay. So now we're going to talk about the coup de grace, the final, the conclusion of Hashem's argument to Hosea. You tell me I should switch him out for another nation? Right? Once Amos realized that he had sinned, this is to me, this is my favorite part of this exchange. Watch this. So Hosea got the hint. He got the point. So Amad levakesh rachamim alatzmo. He did, so Hosea did a sincere tshuva. So I'm allowed Kaddish Baruch Hu, Ad Shatam Vakesh Rachamim Alatzmecha, Vakesh Rachamim Alisrael. He says, You still don't get it. You think that this is what? About you. <laughs> and you're doing tshuva. No, that's not the point. The point is, you have to pray for Klal Yisrael. You have to care about Klal Yisrael. This isn't about you. Wow. Amade Vikesh, right? Shagazate Lem Shalosh Kazeros Bavrecha. I, I, I did three gazeros on them on account of you. So at that point, Yosher got the hint. He asked for Rachman for Kalisol, Vito Gazero. And the decree was annulled. And then Hashem was able to start blessing them, Shanamar, so to speak, right, based off of their Hishtadlus. Right, at that point, their children were like the, the sand and the sea. Right, amazing. In other words, now we're going to have an allusion to all the names of the children of Hosea. And instead of Lo Ami, it became Bnei Kelchai, right? Instead of not my nation, it became yes, my nation. Yehuda, Yisrael, Yachtav. Wow. Uh, it should happen, remainder that all the, all the children should be assembled together. Uzratia, Liba Aretz. Derichamti, Lo Ruchama. See here again, the name Lo Ruchama becomes Rachamim. Ve'amarti, Lo Ami, Ami Beautiful. I said to him, you're not, right, to the, ch- again, so this is why, this is in support of the fact that the whole thing was an allegory. We say it was the actual name of his children, but he's saying, I said to that, to whom it was, lo ami, you are now, in fact, restored as my nation. Beautiful. Okay. Let's, uh, so going back to the idea, I, we said that we were going to allude to it before, this idea of the, um, right, the idea of how difficult it is to be a politician, to be a man of authority, a person of authority, right, it's very difficult to have that kind of responsibility. Every Navi would have to go through like four, four kings, etc. And the rest of the Pasuk um, explains that Yishayahu also, he had Uziah, Yotam, Achaz, Chizkiah, right, the kings of Yehuda, were like, they were, they were just dropping like flies as the Navi uh, continued preaching. Okay. Uh, another teaching regarding to those kings, Why do Yeravam merit to be listed with the Macha Yehuda? This is an aside here. He was not What was the case? Here we go. How do we know that he was, first of all, that he was listed amongst the kings of Yehuda. Okay, so, 
So over there it says, So we see over there, it mentions his name, and that's how you know that he merited to be the king during that time. How do we know that he was Mikabal Lashon Hara? Because the Pasuk says, Veishlach Amtsaya Koin Beis Kel El Yeravam Melech Yisrael Lemar Kashar Lecha. So Amtsaya, right, send word to Yeravam saying that Amos was um, plotting against him. Okay, so that's the Lashon Hara uh, that we're talking about. And then Uchsev Kicho Amar Amos Bacher Vimus Yeravam and says explicitly, it says that Amos said that Yeravam, you're going to die by the sword. And Yeravam's response was, Amar Yeravam, Amar. Wow, he was not Makabal Isn't that amazing? He would never say this. Amos would never say this. And even if he did say it, he said, he, uh, Yeravim was Makabal, that he had said it in the name of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, and therefore he did not take it as an affront, uh, as if it were coming from Amos himself. So for that, he got the schus of continuing to be the king over there. Okay. So based on that Pasuk, right, we see that even at the time that he's angry, HaKadosh Baruch Hu remembers the Rachamim. Why? Because again, Right? He says, I'm no, no longer going to pity the house of Kali Israel. So wait a minute. It says, I will no longer pity. Kilo Osif od Arachem. Aha. So Rashik, Rabbi Yosi, Rabbi Chanina, Amar Mehacha, Kinasa Esalahem. That I'm going to forgive them. In other words, the full pasuk is, Kilo Osif od Arachem, it's based on Kinasa Esalahem. Rashi explains, Loshon Slicha, right? In other words, Vatmui Metama. That really, the way the pasuk reads is, like, what I mean? I'm going to have Rachmim on them? I'm not going to have Rachmim on them. However, explains Rashi, that even within that Pasuk that says that I'm going to basically exact revenge on Kal Yisrael, Akash Baruch who throws in the word Rachmim to give you that glimmer of hope to show that really in the end he's going to have Rachmim. Okay. Another teaching about having Rachmim even while you're angry. Gerim. The whole, that there was even a benefit, even in scattering us out into the exile, there was a productive benefit for Kal Yisrael that's for their own good in mind, which is to gather in some gerim that are going to be, that are going to be good, uh, pickups for the Kal Yisrael. Shanama, Uzratia Libaaritz, right? In other words, he's sowing, right? He's throwing us out like seeds. So that's supposed to be scattering like seeds. It's supposed to be a negative connotation. However, well, you know, when you have seeds, you get some good stuff out of it also, right? Right, after all, spreading like seeds is just the first stage in the farming business, right? That's, but then, what? Stuff grows, and good stuff grows, and then you gather it back in. So just like we were scattered, and the Golis, God, Be'ez Rosh Hashem, will be gathered in, uh, right. And then, and then he says, from there, I pitied those who were not pitied. In other words, we ha- it looks like bad, but it's going to be good. Um, another, okay, teaching, reviving Hashem, with this we'll finish for now. There's a pasuk in Mishlei. You can't, you shouldn't tell a slave, right? You shouldn't tell the master, right, that the slave is not good because he's going to curse you. Is it logical that because a generation curses his father and does not bless his mother that you shouldn't say any Lashon Hara? 
In other words, we learn from Hosea that you should not ever uh, say bad things about Klal Yisrael because we're going to make a big comeback. We'll pick up here, Bezat Hashem, tomorrow. It was really...